Hi. Hello. And I'm Trisha. I'm Jay. And we are Buzzy Teachers. Welcome to our last and forever, I'm kidding, not forever, just of the year episode. Yeah, our first season has wrapped up. Mm -hmm. I'm so, first of all, I'm so excited that we finished and that Trisha thought enough of me to even be a part of this. So I want to thank you, Trisha, so much for just putting me, you know, as your your partner, your co-host. Yeah, I think that with the teacher brain and then the counselor brain, I think bringing us together really encompasses the entire, like education world yeah just like you know the support system plus the other systems that we have in place in the education world so today we are going to think like administrators we're going to play a game i'm excited yeah so trisha and i you know thought of you know our last uh episode being so fun and so exciting so i thought it'd be really great to like adapt the uh game mash and if you're familiar with this game that you know you know that this is a fantasy play type of game and um it is based on random numbers so if you have a dice make sure you have something to write with um you'll definitely want to take notes as we um explain the game i mean do you remember when we were kids and we played this about you know our future husband yeah yeah and that's why it you know that dawned on me because we often play that game but it would be so interesting to kind of apply it to our world in a more larger scale. So Funny note, just a side note, wayside note, is that we would put letters versus names of boys or whatever significant right. instead of actual. Sometimes we put actual names, but most of the time we put letters. Yeah, you don't want to expose people. Right. And so we put letters or like we didn't know or have any other crushes. We just... We just had letters, and we were like, I want a man that has the letter name L or right. J. Or, I oh. want to marry a Lucas. I want to marry a Jonathan. I, I want to marry a Marcus or a Mark, and apparently. But I always picked J because I always like J names. Mm-hmm. And weirdly enough, I married to a Jack. Yeah, interesting. You kind of manifested that at a young I age. I did. I did. <laughs> I always put J. That's a little, yeah. And I always wanted cool. the J. So I met, I, I just, it worked out. It worked out. I think you did manifest it. And I, I, and I, and I hope that this game will allow maybe districts and other educators to, you know, gain different perspective, you know? Um, My cat is staring at Jess, like staring at her hard in a cute little, I love you face. It's cute. I love it. <laughs> um, so let's get into this game. So as um, in the same original game as MASH, there are different categories. And so um, I'll introduce each category and then go through each of um, the options that are you know provided to you. So um, first and foremost, we thought that region was a very good point of understanding what is the uh, main focus or maybe the opportunities that are um, given or allowed in that area. So region um, includes Northwest, Southwest, Southeast, and Northeast. So we kind of just broke it down into those general four quadrants. Um, You all can decide what state goes where, 
that is up to your interpretation. Um, also, we added in community. Um, so again, getting into rural, um, urban, or suburban areas. Also, social economic status can say a lot about a district. So we thought that keeping that in mind would be also help, helpful um, and and very playful for this game. Um, so wealthy is the top top choice. Um, high income, middle income, low income, and then homeless or displaced um, social economic status. And then the final two options, students is probably the biggest one that we decided to do um, as far as choices because there are some districts that have like up to like 5 million kids in their yeah. school. We, and Yeah, we Googled like how many kids are enrolled in like the LA region and we got 5 million kids. And then we went up to New York and we got 3 million. And then we got to like, I think Florida and we got like 4 million and then like Chicago area. We got, I mean, it was a lot. It was in the millions. Mm-hmm. We're like, that's a yeah. So we decided like we, we had to go that high because it's yeah. that's the representative of what we see today. Ready? Jess, what would you like to have five million kindergartners at one time? Oh absolutely <laughs> not. <laughs> absolutely not. Can you imagine a whole oh. stadium filled with just kindergartners? Five year olds? Now not not saying that, you know, I would want this to happen, but it, it would literally burn to the ground just because the kids would be <laughs> everywhere and they would touch things that they didn't weren't supposed to. I'm just saying, I'm not I saying that nobody COVID would break out like a, a version, a hyper version of COVID or like a super, super weird disease, like kid disease that only kids met I because imagine. it's not Mm-mm. like earlier today. I was my daughter was crying. Of course, there's things coming out of nose, mouth, and, you know, tears. And then I come to her and I see this giant snot on her nose. Of course, as a mom, I just go and grab the snot and go wash my hands. But literally, I walked a house with snot in my hand. Wow. That just gave me, that made me cringe a little bit. (laughs) I mean, I didn't (laughs) say anything because I was like, ugh. So I just went and washed my hands. No, I can't. I, I, yes. And (laughs) when and if I'm ever blessed with that one day, one day, I will know what that means. And I will know. One One day. One day. One day. You're going to know the difference between chocolate or poop. Oh, God. (laughs) I'm going to let, I'm going to let my husband do that. I'm not going to worry about that. (sighs) Anyway. So our top option for number of students enrolled is 5 million uh, greater than or equal to. So we kind of did a general um, outlier in a way so that mm-hmm. if it's more than 5 million, you know, it's included. Um, and then we go down to 3 million, 1 million, 500,000, 100,000, 50,000, 10, 5, and then 1,000 uh, greater or less than. Um, again, to accommodate for the outliers. Um, so like I said, that's a lot of options. However, it would create a very interesting conversation. It would. Um, lastly, we have school opportunities, which are just three minor, um, options, which is just low quality, high, uh, mid quality or high quality school opportunities. And so 
With that being said. We played this three times. Yes. So this is what we get. Trisha and I have one that we're going to talk about individually. And then we have one that we're going to talk about together at the end. So we played the game and we rolled a dice every single time. So we took, my husband plays D&D, so he has a 30 die, which is, it's a die, it's giant blue dice with 30 little sides. It's a lot of numbers. So we did a lot of randomness. So the point of the game was to try to get as random as possible. Mm -hmm. So the one I'm going to talk about is Northeast Urban. It is homeless community, and it has less than 1,000 kids, and it's low-quality school opportunities. And since it's Northeast, it's pretty like, I'm thinking the heart of New York or New Jersey, like the main city, and like there's the community is just very, that's what I'm thinking. What do you think, Jess? I agree. Um, I could see maybe even a Connecticut, mm-hmm. Vermont, because yeah. they're like kind of small areas, but yeah. also they're you know they're not they're not like huge cities. You know they're they're cities that are pretty small in that area. Um, I said Connecticut, Vermont, maybe Maryland. Maybe like a Ma- suburb. Maryland would go maybe there. like a suburb of like I mean, me not New York, but like a suburb of New York. Like, well, it's still a suburb, in the city. It's still in the city, so it's like a. So this is one district in a big city. So I don't know. Yeah. So I'm thinking that it's a small, mm-hmm. small knit community, mm-hmm. but it, it's the community around itself. It's very and low. Im- and I can Im- yeah, and I can imagine, like, even though it's in the northeast, like, territory, it could be. In that, in a southern part of that city, right? You know, I'm just trying to think. Like, it, it feels like very traditional, like not traditional, but like the only thing that's outlying here is the low number of kids. Because yeah. in New York, there's a lot of kids there. So maybe even it, maybe a charter. There you go, a charter district or a charter school. Yeah, that has less than a thousand kids, and it's just they don't have a lot of opportunities because they're in a big city and they're trying to make it and. As the superintendent, what do you think would be your plan in this scenario with all these different factors in mind? I would reach out, get every program known to man to come to my school, get people to really, like the government, I would get partners, I would get um, community workers outside of the community to come into the community. I would re- I would f- try to find other communities that were kind of similar to mine, but who have um, better quality programs and see how they got them. Mm-hmm. And like kind of bring in those I like programs. That. Maybe go to the local college and get some more tutors. Mm. Maybe that could, you know, maybe get more opportunities for them to study, yeah. get some homework help, yeah. bring in some partners, bring in some people. So the kids have that opportunity i love it um that's what i would do Mm -hmm. i would reach for help i would ask for help i Mm -hmm. i would absolutely agree with everything you just said i would absolutely do the same um this is an urban area Mm -hmm. so it, it shouldn't be that hard to get either you know uh government assistance local government even federal you know Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think it would be that hard, especially with the location being the Northeast. 
Um, I do wonder, though, with the amount of students that they have, I wonder, mm-hmm. um, because in some funding, like some grants, there has to be a certain number of students, right? But there are grants that do cater towards, like, a low population like this. Yeah, I'm more talking about the homeless and displaced. Oh, for sure. Like, really toning on the community and bringing the community into play. So that would be your focus? That would be my focus, is helping the community, because once the community is helped, the kids are helped. For sure. And then once the community gets built up a little bit more, or maybe a little bit, you know, I was just going to Yeah, redeveloped. Redeveloped and maybe help bring in some housing developments for them. Investors. Investors to help home the children or the parents of the kids bring in work or help the the parents get jobs so the kids are not homeless. You know, I would reach out to political people too. You know what I was thinking too? <clears throat> in a lot of urban settings, hmm, it's typical in many places, actually, I won't just say urban, mm-hmm. but it's typical in many places where you see maybe low opportunities at schools translate into, like, higher incarceration rates. Right. So I was also thinking, like, since you're going to pull in all these different resources, what are your thoughts on, like, like a reentry program for, like, families who've had stu- who have students whose families have been incarcerated or... Ooh. Because that would be a... Like that would be a like a, a ace, you know that in in the, a- in the in the terms of like the trauma aces study, that would be a huge yeah definitely bringing in a lot of help for that yeah because because that is a big issue with the parents being and having them be a part of the kids' kid life exactly you know I remember when I was about last year I had three kids with parents in mm-hmm. prison and it was I didn't. At first, I was heartbroken, but then I was like, you know, that's their reality, and we need to do the best we can to make it okay. And one of the children that I had went and visited his parent every every weekend, almost every other weekend. Mm-hmm. And it was super sweet. Tell me stories about it all the time. But, um, but it was just really interesting to hear about that. And so helping that parent to come out of prison and get recreated with life and to be a part of the community and be a part of their the kid's life is so powerful. Yeah. And I would love to, that would be amazing. That'd be phenomenal. I don't know if I could ever be like a superintendent per se, but <laughs> I feel like with this whole Sounds like mesh like, game, yeah, I would just, I would want to do everything in my power to fix a lot of things, but mm-hmm. also help a lot of people. And I would do, you know, where you build a system that works and it's it survives even when I'm not there or like just more bang for your buck like I want to help more people and I want to help their children thrive yeah so not just only do it for that period of time where I'm there but also to build something that lasts substantial yes. no that's not it no substantial is yeah. Is that the word? Okay. Yeah. I always forget that word that I'm trying to use. It's no, that that's word. That's a good word to use. Where you're not using a lot of energy, but you're still, it's still great. Or it's like sustainable? Sustainable. Okay. A substantial was also a great word Sus- too. <laughs> it, it, you know, you, you. But you want it to be sustainable. So, it, like you said, you don't have to 
rework it. It's already working based on its... Yeah, it's a system that works. But I also want to know, make sure that they understand that <laughs> my cat is upside down. I noticed her and I'm like, oh, how cute. So sorry. Okay. <laughs> I think we noticed at the same time. Well, first of all, there's a dog staring at me. Oh. And I'm just like, it's Marshall from Paw Patrol. Yeah. No. Stuffed. no it's a stuffed animal. It's my daughter's. But then there's my cat. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like. We I, had like a squirrel moment. <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> okay. Back to it. Sorry. So if I was superintendent, let me just go back, of this mm-hmm. MASH game I would just pull in all the opportunities I can. I would re- I would reach out to every investor, every person. I would try to, because that homeless thing, just having kids be homeless makes my heart go. It hurts. It hurts. It's I would so never rough. want a child to go to bed on the ground. That just ground the car, the, a hotel. Oh, that's just with bugs. Ugh. And it's happening all around the world and all around the... And I know I have to accept it, but I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's your turn. I think that was wonderfully said, by the way. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) It was wonderfully said. It just hurts my heart. But now it's your turn. Yes, please. Superintendent of a Southeast community. Yeah. Urban. Yeah. Wealthy. Yeah. Three million children. We'll just say three million kindergartners. Just Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. We're talking about three million, like, kids yes. from high school. K-12. 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 Three million. Yeah. But there's one problem. Ready for the problem? Low-quality school opportunities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, superintendent, that's what you have to deal with. What so, are you going to do? So my initial reaction to that is that with so much money in this community it's hard to believe that they have low school opportunities in the first place so um since this this since this this is the southeast and you know you're keeping in mind this these are places like georgia alabama louisiana florida um a little bit of texas yeah a little bit of texas yeah, barely Texas, but a little bit barely, of Texas. Barely, barely. Um, but <laughs> those are all highly um, athletic-driven states. Sports, sports, football. Yeah, fo- I mean, really, any type of athletic, any type of athletic, well, football, yes, but any type of athletics, really, like, you know, people are pouring money into it because, A, um, you know, you have these alumni donors, you have families that are putting in tons of money so that their sons or daughters can be part of these top facilities. Um, so I, I'm just keeping that in mind. But also, um, as the superintendent, you know, that has to be a huge problem because uh, our district and the district, you know, that's been described is only or maybe putting money into only one basket. And mm-hmm. and you know Sports. so many words, right? Sports. Exactly. So, if it is already a, a given, already kind of like a cultural norm that we're putting so much effort into sports in that area, I mean, it's likely that the district will, and so will the parents. And so that's going to be, I think, a hard part is that the parents are going to fight back with me on 
spreading money around. Mm. So what do you mean about spreading money? So I mean, so I mean, instead of putting, you know, all of maybe the parent fundraising or alumni fundraising into athletic programming or the department, it can be, it can be used for other things. It mm. doesn't have to be used for that particular area just because we've seen success in it. We True. can try and, you know, branch out into some other things. Like the arts. The arts. And, I mean, that the Southern East area is so rich in ag- agricultural um, opportunities. There could be so much more that, could, that, be, that can be done with STEM research in agriculture or mm-hmm. horticulture. So just thinking of that, those opportunities, too, but... Um, yeah, that would be my first idea is that there's no reason, no reason at all with all this money that we have in this neighborhood. We can't share it. That we can't share it. And out of three million kids, there's like a speck of them that are actually playing sports. A speck. Because then you have the you have the art kids, you have the STEM kids, you mm-hmm. have the you have the kids who are into math and academics and yeah. all those kids. I mean, there's there's a vast range of opportunities out there. So, in addition to that, I want to add on to that. With this amount of money and this amount of students, students who should be able to create their own clubs. Right. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they should be able to say, "I want to create this club," and then. A teacher is paid to be a part of, to be a manager or an advisor for that club. Right. Also, you know, we can flip the boat too because we don't want to put all the eggs in one basket with just sports related. Right. It could just be the school or the district is putting so much money in music and not a lot enough in sports or other coaches or in the programs because coaches and sports are expensive. Mm-hmm. They could be putting their money in art programs, you know. Which are which is equally expensive because, right. you know, art materials are not expensive. Music materials aren't expensive. They're all expensive. Um, you know, licensing for music and all these different things. Like, it's, you know, it's costly. But we're talking about the wealthy, 1%. We're not just talking about high income here. We're talking about the private of... I'm talking about Jay-Z and Beyonce's kids. That's the type of 1% I'm talking about here. Yeah, talk to these Jay-Z and Beyonce kids. You know, like, that's the 1% I'm I'm imagining. I want to see the PTO in this one. That's what I'm saying. PTA, PTO, come on. There's no reason why we should have some low-quality opportunities and our students and our parents are allowing this to happen. Right. you got to have a huge... come. Come to talk, Jesus talk with these so I parents. Think, I think the one thing I, I will I will say that I will probably be pushed back on is is the parents. That's mm-hmm. the only thing. That's the only thing I can think of being as a barrier to getting that done. The barrier. Maybe there's some red tags. Maybe there's a lot of red tags in Florida. That's Florida. Mm-hmm. Southeast of Florida, and there's a lot of red tags in Florida right I now. Know. There's a lot of issues going on. With Florida. I know. That's why I'm like at that. I know that's going to be an issue because parents are the ones that are funding this. Mm-hmm. So if parents don't fund it, right, then we have an issue because that's where... That's where the money's coming that's from. That's where the money's coming from. That's, it's, it's coming from parents. It's coming from... I mean, yeah, it might be the area that we lit, like where the district is located. 
But it is the parents. Because if you just strip off the 1%, it's just a normal school, a normal area, and you're getting normal school funding. Yeah. But without the parents, then there's no, like, the wealthy can bring in so much more Mm -hmm. with their 1% of money. Yeah. They can bring in so much programs They can have their school underground for all they can care. Like, it's just, it's limitless. That's what I'm saying. It's limitless. So... (sighs) Next one. Now so, we're we're gonna do it together. Okay. We're gonna be a partner in crime. Yeah. I'm superintendent. You're superintendent. We're both superintendents. Yes. I'm not gonna say assistant because that's weird. I think it's wrong. Assist superintendent assistant. No. We're gonna be vice. Vice. I don't really know. What is the second command to a superintendent? What do you call that? Vice superintendent. Yeah, I think it is assistant superintendent. Assistant superintendent. But there's never been a co-superintendent. I think there should be co. I think there should be two. We're we're gonna be co-superintendents. I agree with that. Okay, co. Yeah. Like a co-host. Yep. We are going to be co-hosting a southwestern <laughs> school in the suburb, mid-income, three million children. Oh, jeez. Mid-quality school opportunities. So no, that's not too bad. It's not too bad, but it is a lot of children. That is a lot of kids. But we're talking about Southwest. So we're actually, to me, I feel that's like... That's Texas. That's Texas or even here in Arizona. Yes. Or um, New Mexico because it's yes. a broader community. So there, it's a larger, it's flatter. So mm-hmm. there's more... Um, the communities are spread out more. Mm-hmm. We're in the... In the east, it's more condensed. Yeah, I would agree. So here in the west, that makes sense because I know a school only has I know a school with only three, three schools in it, and I know another school in the same city with thirty four schools in it, mm-hmm. a district. Mm-hmm. So it all depends on like you know where you where live, you are right? where you are. So it's very possible to have three million kids in one district. Yeah. So we're in the suburbs. Mid income. Mid income. Mid quality. Um, hmm. I'm still processing it a little bit because yeah. I'm think. Well, suburban mid income is pretty typical. It's so typical. It's very typical. But with three million kids, that is pretty big. Pretty it, big. But still typical. Excuse me. I would try. One of the biggest things that I would do for three million children is I would try to make sure the systems are running in place. I would try to make sure that everything has a system, everything is well organized because that's a lot of kids. Mm -hmm. Because you're going to have five kids, five teachers in one school, Mm -hmm. and each grade level, four or five at least. So and these, these classrooms are packed. These classrooms are hugely yeah. packed. And there's a lot of kids, and there's just, it's just, it's a lot. So I'm thinking of my... You buy everything in bulk. Yes. I'm thinking <laughs> of, of a previous, um, I'm thinking of a previous district that I was familiar with in Cleveland. And it was, it was north. And my, the high school that I went to was like a suburban area not as big as this one that we're we're talking about, but very similar. Um, and one thing that I remember was um, having like 
we had the free and reduced lunch. Mm-hmm. But it was also optional, right? So I'm not sure, like, in our school, like, it's required for us to, like, get everybody on that, mm-hmm. on that program. But in my school, it felt like it was more optional than yeah. not. So I think that in this case, like, there may be some, you know, assistant programs that are in place um, that are accommodating maybe some outliers that are maybe in a in a different circumstance. You know I what I'm saying? I feel like it's more like a Burger King. You get it your way? Like, I feel like, and I see what you think. There's a menu. Like, if you're this type of kid, you get these options. Mm-hmm. If you're this type of kid, you get these options. Uh-huh. If your parent is in this thing, you get these options. Mm-hmm. Like, let's say, like, there's the outliers. They get these. And then the middle kids get these. I, I don't know if that's where you're going, but that's where I'm thinking. Yeah, I, and that's, that's I, I think we're on the same page. I think we're on the same page with it. Um, there's going to be lots of different things and um, programs going. Like, one school could be the, I'm thinking in my head, like, if I was the superintendent or co-superintendent, mm-hmm. I would have one school be the art school, one be the STEM school, one be the science school, or, or I would have them all have the same opportunities. Yeah. And I mean, and for a mid-quality, I wouldn't imagine they had a STEM program because I feel like high-quality programs and high-quality schools, they have that STEM program. They do. So but I don't think... We're talking about mid-quality. I'm thinking it's money. How much money you can put into it. Yeah. So I'm thinking if they're going to do just mid and they don't have a lot of money to put into it, but they want the program, they would do one or two schools that focus on it. Mm-hmm. So that's only okay. like, do you see how that works? Yeah. So they only have to buy, if if it was the wealthy, <laughs> you every school could have it. But if it's 1%, only one school has like the 3D printer. So then now we're talking about issues of inequity. Yeah. Because now one student or one school is getting this content and has this available and access to them, but not our other kids. So I definitely, like, I think that this is, I think that's a great point. Mm -hmm. Because now I understand why I'm like, why does every school not have an art program. Yeah. But that makes more sense to me now. Because in my current, that I'm working now, I'm working at the art school. Mm -hmm. And my daughter is going to the STEM school. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, that's why. That's why they separate it. Because they have to put their money and their buckets in different categories. And being in the leadership, I remember the top principal talking, my previous principal talking about how she has to go to different buckets to pay for different things. I'm like, oh. And so it makes more sense to me, though, that they just center all of the art programs at one or two schools, mm-hmm. and that's it. Mm-hmm. And then, the, like, the sports programs are another school and blah, blah, blah from there. But you know what I mean. I think the issue here is the equity. Right. The I could... I mean, but that also comes from money, which may be harder because as a mid-income, as a mid-income community, you may not get a lot of opportunities 
mm-hmm. to like get grants and things like that because like it's mid it's middle income. I I feel like middle income is usually char- like characterizes something someone that's well off, mm-hmm. but like not well off but managing. Managing. You know what I'm saying? So I I kind of relate to, to this so much that it's hard to like It's so hard. It's hard to kind of like think beyond that. Yeah, it's so relatable that it's hard to think beyond it because we've all been there. This is the typical thing I grew up in. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in the more lower in- economic, but um mid is where we are now. Yeah. I live in the suburb currently. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's K-12 school with th- I mean, there's high schools and middle schools and elementary schools all. So I I don't doubt that it's close to a million. Mhm children Mm -hmm. or maybe three million i would have to look it up in googly but (laughs) but the point of the matter is is that i feel like this is where i think this is a perfect this is a sweet spot to me yeah but i think that the mid quality needs to change yeah because that's that's uh the goal for every school is to Mm -hmm. create more opportunities for the students whether you know it's done in a year or done in 10 years yeah, and I think it's really smart for schools with that that don't have a lot of money to put in. They designate schools to be that program so the kids... So then, like, let's say if you have a daughter, but you live in a school, the STEM school, but she doesn't like the STEM, she can go to the art school, but it's not too far away. Right. And I think that's cool. What did you think about that game? I thought it was awesome, and I can't wait to make it, like, a PDF version of it, and people can play it around the world. It's going to be That's so be great. Cool. So look for that because I'm in the works of it. Uh, BuzzyTeachers.com. Um, I'm on TPT, and it's going to be on our website. So don't don't forget to look for it. It's a fun, fun game. Please share this with your friends. Share it with your teacher friends. Share it with someone. It, it, it would be just a really good thing to think about and to understand where your superintendent is coming from. So then as teachers, we can put the love and the the care back into what we do. Because, you know, our jobs are really hard as teachers or counselors. But could you imagine being a superintendent? Oh, the superintendent gets ragged on and told hateful things all the time about multiple teachers and multiple staff members and parents. And we're not just talking about our superintendent. No. We're talking about anyone who's and ever anyone who's ever been in the job, really. I mean we're I mean, you can even think about it as like even though there's so many political worlds out there and we're the nation divided, but being a president is really, really hard. And being a superintendent is really, really hard. So we're trying to put some perspective in it. And I think that's where this game is the best at. Yeah. It's really putting how to run a school the best way we know how and what we can do to fight for it and advocate for these schools and advocate for teachers and advocate for students and make sure that the best plays here. Do you know the entire time we were talking about this, we didn't once speak about teachers? We sure didn't. Isn't that funny? I just wanted to delight that, that we did not once talk about teachers because it's not about teachers. It's about the kids. It's about the kids. And that's why we're in this business. That's why we just high five. Yes, we did. I loved it.
because it's not about us and how much every teacher tells us we need. Yes, teachers need more money. We all know this. Yes. But that's not the point. The point is we're in this business for children. We're in this business to make the children successful. And we wouldn't have actors or singers or dancers or sports people or superintendents or presidents or anybody out there if it wasn't for teachers. Because that's what we're here for. Yeah. So that is our end of our season. I, it's our finale. We thank you for being here. We love you. And please, we'll be back in August. Good luck, everyone. Have a wonderful summer. See you all later. Tap out.